This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Matt Connor and Sterling Holmes. Welcome to another edition of the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. I am Sterling Holmes, an absolute ton of stuff to get to today regarding Kansas City. We'll talk all things tackle. We'll talk Andy Reid. We'll talk Patrick Mahomes. We'll play a game at the very end of this episode called This or That. Going to be very exciting. Matt Connor, how are you doing today, my my good sir? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, man. I'm good. You all should know that behind the scenes, we've been doing corn freak on a leash impressions <laughs> for the last like few minutes. So I'm already kind of giggling at my school type impressions of trying to make this work. Yeah. 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 Anyway, we, we, that, it, we're, we're going to save you those impressions because we don't want to blow anyone's speakers, any eardrums. Just yeah. think of... Us too. What you, what you hear from us talking chiefs trying to do the breakdown impersonations in Corn's Freak on a Leash. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. But what is pretty is Chiefs news, my friend. We have some, right? We, ha- we have a lot. Andy Reid, first podium, finally talking. The man that says a lot without ever saying anything. Andy Reid. The one thing I want to get into first is when they talk, about left tackle, the question that everyone wants to know is wants to know about the first name he said, Lucas Niang. <laughs> that to me was actually interesting because when you're just asked a random question, and you know he's had time to prepare for this, and that first name was Lucas Niang. You know, is that if that's the game plan, that's kind of the way I feel like he's leaning. Wait, are you are you buying or selling that notion? I am buying like Bitcoin. I should have gotten earlier. I'm buying Lucas Niang at left tackle. I, I I don't know how it's going to work out, but I feel like that may be the game plan. You don't think that's pre-draft smokescreen of a laughable sort? Yes and no. I think that, again, if Orlando Brown comes to Kansas City, if that pipe dream of a dream of a trade ends up happening, sure, then yes, I will be laughing my ass off. But if not, whoever you draft in this year's draft is going to have the same notions of, oh, he's not played an NFL snap yet. That's what everyone keeps saying about Lucas Niang is, oh, he hasn't played an NFL snap yet. Uh, well, neither is the guy that you're going to draft. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll I'll say this. Um Given the other like areas of the given the other moves of the off season, this kind of makes sense. Now I'm selling the idea. I don't really think Lucas Niang is going to be the left tackle. Like it, it just feels like there's more to come there. However, Kyle Long and Mike Rimmers could hold it down out there. And if there's a guy between Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz who sounds more like he's coming back and probably with the chiefs, it's the Schwartz. So is this because they have more options at right tackle? I, I you know, I don't know. I'm reading a lot of the tea leaves here are like, but yeah, may, maybe sort of. Yeah. Like Kansas city has a plethora of talent at right tackle. If you go from right tackle to left guard, this O line looks good. And he always talks about, and you read the versatility of these guys. 
But the only problem is they don't have a true left tackle. It's like in baseball. You know, for example, you need a shortstop. But say you have a ton of second basemen and guys who can also play third base. But no one can play shortstop. That's kind of what Kansas City has. All these guys can play left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. But where is your where's your shortstop? Where where's where's your guy who's your anchor, non defense, but at left tackle, who's the defense to Patrick Mahomes? I, I just don't know the way they're gonna go. He said Kyle Long. That was the second name he said. Yep. Do you buy more into the Kyle Long situation? If if today was opening day, today start of the season, who's getting the nod? Well, I I think it would be Lucas Niang. Kyle Long counts one point five million against the cap. If you're expecting him to be anything but a backup role player, that's bonus, man. But at the rate they're paying him, that tells me what their expectations are. And the expectations are, yeah, he's coming back from retirement and and maybe will give us several games of decent, you know, substitute play. If he's more than that, that's great, but you can't count on that. You're certainly not paying for that. So it makes no sense for us to expect that. If you're buying Lucas Niang at left tackle, does that mean you think they're not going to draft who they like could draft in the first? Or are you, or do you say that doesn't affect anything? No, no, no. I, I don't think it affects anything. I think that if the guy they want in the first round is there, they're still going to get him. But I, I don't think they want to pigeonhole themselves. Say the best left tackle that they had there, you know, in, in their in their range of guys, you know, all their first round talent evaluator, those left tackles are gone. Well, are you going to draft the next round who you thought was maybe should be drafted at 47, but now you're going to draft him at 31? I don't think that's the, I don't think that move behooves them. I think they have more issues. No, I don't want to say issues, more holes that they can inject some talent into, say wide receiver. Yeah, you, you know, I think there's other ways they could go and they shouldn't pigeonhole themselves saying we have to take a left tackle. I think that they would hope that Lucas Niang could fill that role again. You know, Mike Rimmers kind of was what you said. Kyle Long is going to be what Kyle Long is, what Mike Rimmers was last year. That was all bonus. Yeah, but I, that's yeah. just my initial reaction. No, no, no. I'm with you. I'm with you. A quick round of like and dislike. For the optics, we dislike it in terms of like saying Lucas Niang is our left tackle. It feels like there's a big lack, whatever, and it makes you worry that they're not going to do more at the position. However, what I like about it is if the Chiefs really do think Lucas Niang is a potential starter at left tackle for 2021, I like the Chiefs going into the draft feeling like they don't have a significant need. I mean, it frees them up. So I like if this means the chiefs aren't panicking about left tackle, I love it at the same time. I'm anxious to get some more like investment there. If the right guy is there, I think you're probably saying the same thing. Yeah. And again, it's Andy Reed. We have no idea. He's the same dude that says every single week, we're playing a good team, a well-coached football football team. He said the same thing about the Jags, about the jets as he does in the super bowl in 20, 20- the year before COVID, I took a clip of his pregame initial press conferences. You could not discern the Super Bowl from week one against the Jags. It was <laughs> hilarious. So, again, take everything Andy says with uh, more than a grain of salt, a, a shaker of salt. Would you say take it with a cacao bean? <laughs> 
a cacao bean. I would, Matt. <laughs> Just a quick shout out to our uh, to our ad to our ad partner here for this episode. This podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. By the way, I even Googled how to pronounce, is it cocoa? It's pronounced cocoa when it's spelled like cocoa, but if it's spelled like a dyslexic cocoa, it's cacao. But get yeah, this. I could, I still, we struggled. Matt and I struggled for five minutes because I, I was did. like, I couldn't figure it out. I'm not we smart. Did, but, okay. <laughs> but I'll say this, no matter how you spell it, it's delicious. Uh, they start with hundred percent organic cacao beans naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining their miraculous health benefits, blend it with turmeric, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, a bunch of other stuff. It's organic. It's good. You're going to fall in love. You'll eat chocolate and you'll actually feel good about it. Uh, go to earth echo foods slash minute media. That's earth slash minute media. 15% off when you use the code minute that's 15% off of delicious, good for you chocolate. That sounds good, doesn't yeah. it? And it's paleo, gluten free, keto, vegan, vegetarian. So you honestly, you have no excuses. I, no excuses. I, I, I don't want to hear anyone saying, oh, but is it gluten free? Boom. I just gave it to you. I gave you the rundown. Matt gave you the rundown. Go try it out. That's true. By the way, all those different names of diets you just stated will be the starting five names of the Kansas Jayhawks basketball team <laughs> in 10 years. Uh, I don't want to check out Mizzou's starting five in 10 years. I'm not, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm a Mizzou alum, so I'm allowed to give them a hard time. But Matt, getting back Chiefs news, Patrick Mahomes saying he is ahead of schedule with his, his toe recovery. I was never worried about this. I'm not going to lie. I, I was never one to say, is he going to be okay? Is he going to be ready week one? You know, is he going to have any long-term effects? I truly didn't think so. What was your reaction though, when he said he's ahead of schedule? Yeah, I'm really glad. Um, I I'm glad to hear that he's ahead of schedule. I'm glad to hear that this injury has even forced him to focus on maybe flexibility. Some of the things that, that he wouldn't have normally, you know, Andy Reid gave some insight into that too. So, but yeah, I'm with you. I mean, it, like, you know, if I hurt my toe and it would sound silly for anyone to be concerned about it, like six months later, my wife doesn't say, Hey, how'd that toe injury go? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried about it either for the, for a quarterback who has an NFL franchise's strength and conditioning and training staff. I'm just not. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I will say though, Mahomes has been injured in two of his first three years as the starter. He's not missing games. We're not talking about Sam Bradford here, but we're talking about a guy that we saw his kneecap be put back in place on the field. And we've missed some time with foot ankle. We've had the concussion uh, protocol in the playoffs. I, you know, really I'm glad that he's healthy and it just really goes to show the chiefs really got to get this line in place and, and effective. Well, well Matt, Injuries happen. It's football. It's not cro crochet or croquet. Either one of those two. It's not underwater basket weaving. We're talking football. I, I just don't. I never. I don't think you were. But saying injury prone. I don't think you were going that route. No. But I, I just don't like that term thrown out. 
in such a violent physical sport. I'm with you. The injuries have been probably more so than we would like in Chiefs Kingdom. But that, again, alludes to what you're, you're, you're talking about is this offensive line needs to be a top unit. This needs to protect Patrick. It's a half a billion with a B. We're not, we're not talking Austin Powers going $1 million. <laughs> we're talking $500 billion. You got to protect that asset. Billion D. Billion D. Yeah, I'm here for it. I'm, I'm not concerned about, about Patrick's health. I'm glad that he's he's the... Um, I mean, he's been able to bounce back pretty quickly like he has and play through some injuries. Uh, yeah, I was only bringing that up because obviously it like... We can't just assume he's going to stay healthy, going to be healthy. Like we were just laughing off the toe injury, but really it it was an injury. He has to get over it and and his health remains an ongoing concern as you know, until we see this offensive line play differently. It may also be affected because I grew up watching like when the Chiefs were my favorite team, when I was claiming them as a kid, it was Willie Rofe, Brian Waters. Yeah. You know, like you know, it was like the line to end all lines. And, um, and so, gosh, you'd love to see that sort of line in front of Patrick Mahomes, wouldn't you? Yeah. I mean, that would be, uh, ideal. I, I was, I grew up with Will Shields' son and we used to play basketball together. So I used to go to Will Shields' house that, yeah, I, I would let him protect anything. I would now bring Will Shields back. Now I know he's lost a lot of weight. Like if you see Will Shields now, you're like, whoa, that guy was like the best lineman in the NFL just based on how he's he, he's still cut, but just so much skinnier, just just what he was now. But yeah, I would take that offensive line now, bring back Willie Rove, Will Shields, Brian Waters, throw him there. I think they could still still hold their own. What do you what I, do you think? They got the, the, I, the quickness still. I'm pretty sure they would not lose 31 9. It's a gut punch. That's just a gut punch, Matt. Speaking of, speaking of uh, Teron Matthew and Mahomes today talking about the stomach punch of a loss. Yeah. And, you know, Mahomes talked about the need to learn from it. He recalled his first year, um, to reporters today saying, Hey, look, my first year as a starter, we lost to the Patriots in the AFC championship game. And that lingered in our heads. Something clicked for us the next year and we went all the way. Now they got to do it again. They got to find the resolve to do it again. But Teron Matthew, in his in his quotes, he ended up saying that he thinks that's the kind of loss that can derail some teams. Is there any worry for you about the mental side of such a such a you know like before the, when they lost, it was like oh we were almost there, like it was about the close call and how much of a letdown that was. Are you worried about the mental side of just a a total beatdown? Mental side, no. I think this team is too strong-willed physical side maybe I mean they're playing extra three four games a season we've seen the Patriots you know they a lot of guys that that takes that's extra seasons on dudes I mean that's extra seasons that are tacked on and added on to guys knees to guys backs you know that that extra hits so I think the physical side sure mental side no they literally let that sink in you know there were one and stupid boneheaded offside play away from going to the Super Bowl. They said, all right, we're going to win next year. They went back one that year. Then they go, you know what? We want to go two in a row. We want to run it back. They at least got to the Super Bowl. You know how difficult that is? Yeah. To, you know how many teams 
every single team that's won a Super Bowl thinks they're going back next year. They always hype it up. Everyone thinks they're going back. Extremely rare. This team actually went back. I, I, I just think that this team is built different. This team seems to have the willpower. They have the guy at quarterback. They have the head coach. They have the GM and Veach. They have the organizational um, aptitude, I think, to get it done. And so if I were to bet, I, I think this team does not crumble. And I think they're strong-willed enough to continue this long line of hopeful success. Yeah. Man, I'm glad to hear you say that because I think it's often lost on us what an achievement this season was. You know, it was 14 regular season wins, probably 15 if we'd even paid attention to the Chargers in the final week. I mean, that in itself, to be able just to dominate the regular season like they did, if not for just a zany loss to the Raiders in week five or whatever that was, the uh, the yeah. the van the trip Derek around Carr the stadium. Game. <laughs> <laughs> the Derek Carr game. I mean, yeah, I mean, they just dominated and they they withstood everyone's best efforts for a good 20 weeks or so it ended poorly. It, it was hard to take Matthew said he's watched it four or five times and it hurts more and more every time he said, but, uh, but yeah, I'm I also, there's a lot more to be proud of than there is to feel bad about. And, and I think you're right. I think they're made of something special. And if we're being completely honest, you're not going to win every single year. You're not going to all of a sudden run off seven straight. Get out know? of here. Get out of here with that oh, loser uh, mentality. Sorry, I guess that makes me a scrub. No, but I, I, I do want to bring, because what's going to happen is you're going to expect to win every year, but you're going to have to look at it in chunks. Like, can you win three out of five? Can you win, you know, four out of eight? You know, whatever it is, whatever, whatever that is, because you're going to have those random upsets. You're going to have, like we saw in the Super Bowl, that's going to happen. And maybe it happens to a bad team. Let's, let's remember here. The Chiefs almost had this happen like five times in the past two years in the playoffs where they started off poorly or something went against them and they were able to overcome it. I just want to take a step back and say, hey, what they have done already is is special. It's it's historic in nature to some extent. And let's not just sit here and say, oh, if they don't win the Super Bowl every single year for the next five years, it was a letdown because that's clearly not the case. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And just to be clear, I was being facetious there. I in <laughs> in no way. I mean, even making it to the Super Bowl is is a major achievement in my in my book. And I would never. Every player wants to win the Super Bowl every year. That should be the goal. But the I mean, you know, we've watched Patrick Mahomes may be a singular talent, but he's not the only great NFL quarterback we've had the privilege of watching year after year. You know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, has like, so, you know, Drew Brees, some of these guys who have set records. Have, it was a pleasure to watch them. Peyton Manning, whatever. Um, yeah, it just shows it, you know, it's hard to keep a team together. It's hard for a coach to stay on top. Um, what we're watching right now, we'll all tell our kids and grandkids about. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here where we are. I mean, they've won what, like five, I think it's five now, AFC West championships in a row crazy crazy I mean, I mean this is again it's it's pretty much almost unheard of and it's getting to the point where you know eventually you're gonna have to have an off year like history shows us you're probably not gonna win say patrick plays for kansas city for how many let's just say 15 more years are you gonna end up winning you know 15 more which would put it at like 18 or 20 straight like is that you know i'm saying like at some point we have to bring 
I, I, I now I'm feeling like like a, like a Debbie Downer, so I'm not going to do that. But I, I like thinking of it in chunks. I want to think of it in chunks, and the the moral of the story is I think this team is too strong willed to back down from this challenge. I think that they have the makeup and the character and the wherewithal to keep this going and, and and hopefully start building this potential dynasty that everyone here in Kansas City thinks is is, is brewing. Yeah. I agree with you. And uh, we'll be right back after a short break to talk Alex Smith and the retirement of a great one. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Addict Podcast with Sterling Holmes and Matt Connor. Alex Smith is retired. Be this still one, my heart. he's still in your heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, uh, in mine. Isn't he? Can you feel him there? I feel him. It's just a little Alex Smith right there. It's just that five-yard check down to Jamal Charles. I just feel it. <laughs> I'm just feeling it right there. I feel it in my. I feel it in my left leg. That's where I feel it the most. Oh come on, Matt. I'm sorry. No, I. Well, we joke, but I love that man. I freaking love Alex Smith. And so today, when he said he, did you see this video? Did you see the presentation? Not all of it. I'm not going to lie to you, Matt. He's not in your heart. Come on. He's there. It's been a busy day, Matt. It's been busy. I've been, I've been swamped, sir. I've had chiefs all day. I've done radio all day. Come on, Matt. You got to cut me some slack here. All right. Okay. So it's like, uh, Alex Smith released a sort of two minute, you know, obviously pre pre prepared video for him to retire. He said goodbye to the game. He loved, and it was, it was emotionally moving. It was emotionally moving for all the reasons that great game and competition and like sport can, can be. And, you know, he talked about the value of football that it provided for him, what it showed he could do personally, the value of camaraderie. And you were like, even at the end of that video, you were ready to run on the field for him, even after, even as he's running off of it. And I just, I look back at his five seasons in Kansas city and just think what a man, what a leader of men, what a civic hero, what a, what a dependable performer he said and did all the right things, no matter what was happening, whether he was the guy or whether he was being told you're no longer the guy. And I just have a hell of a lot of respect for this man. Uh, yeah. How are you going to remember Alex? I I think of, him as a true professional on and off the field. I mean, at the end of the day, I still think the most impressive part is when I get the two twofold one, he stabilized an organization in a position that was in disarray for so long in Kansas city. That's obviously huge. I get it. He, he wasn't Russell Wilson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He didn't win a super bowl here, but he stabilized a position that was a disaster for so long. And that can't be understated. I think that was very impact, uh, impactful. He was the bridge. He was the baton. He, he made the handoff seamless from disaster to Patrick Mahomes. He was the guy in the middle that made everything right. And then secondly, not all quarterbacks will do what he did. When you know your last year, you know this team just drafted your replacement. Quarterbacks always say they will. You know, guys always like to say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll teach him what I know. That's not the case. It's not the case. Eli Manning, he was not super happy when Daniel Jones got drafted. Aaron Rodgers was not super happy when Jordan Love got drafted. Joe Flacco, 
Uh, I think it was last year. Well, one, he wasn't happy with, with, with Lamar Jackson. And then two, wasn't super happy. He said he wasn't brought in to, to mentor Drew Locke. You know, not all veteran quarterbacks are going to be as forthcoming, as helpful as Alex Smith was. And so I think that he was the perfect guy, one, to let Mahomes sit for a year, not throw him into the fire right away, and two, to teach him, to lead him, and to show him how to be a pro's pro. So for me, Alex Smith means so much more than just his five years in Kansas City. He was the stabilizer, the equalizer, and the guy that Kansas City needed at the exact right time. Yeah, you know, this makes me also want to credit John Dorsey because I saw this crazy stat today and I wish I had it right in front of me, but someone on Twitter had put together like when the first quarterback was taken in the draft since like 2000 and the average spot is like number two overall, right? And each one was taken like one, one, three, like taken with the first pick, first pick, third pick, third pick, first pick, third pick. Like it just goes on like that. And the only draft in which the first quarterback overall was selected like later than like three or five overall was 23 or 2013 when the chiefs had the first pick in the draft, the first quarterback that year was EJ Manuel, who wasn't even taken till like number 16 overall by the, <laughs> by the Buffalo bills. Right. And had Geno Smith too. like, it was just, it was such a bad quarterback class. In other words, the Chiefs were so bad and so unlucky that the one time they had a first overall draft pick, there was no option there to even stabilize the organization. And yet John Dorsey then puts two second round picks together to go get the very guy who could be that glue and that sort of stable presence for the team. So, you know, even when things were like, even when there was nothing to choose from on the shelf, Dorsey found the value, went and got it. And then Alex Smith lived up to that value. It's just a testament to the front office, the coaching staff, and then the man that Alex Smith was and would become in Kansas City. Just a great story. Just a great, great story. Before we play our this or that game, before we get into some whimsical downright stupid jokes basically uh just with alex smith just some some final thoughts i have been hearing rumors about the potential comeback player of the year being named in his recognition you know i don't think there's anything super official going on here this is more or less just chiefs chatter washington football team chatter nfl fans chatter but would you be okay with the nfl deciding with his comeback, with his story, we think the award is deserving of being named the Alex Smith Comeback Player of the Year. No, 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 not at all. And that's no, that's no intended slight to Alex Smith. But let's be honest. I mean, that's this isn't even the best Chiefs-related comeback in the last ten years. I mean, if you're going to name something, at the very least, Chiefs should be saying the Eric Berry Award. Yep would be a much better name than the Alex Smith award um, just based on like what they're coming back from and how they came back. And yeah. So um, you know, no, I mean, you know, like I, it, is it a marvelous comeback? Yes. Is it a great story to be told for a long time to come? Yes. Uh, was it inspiring in the moment? Yes. Was it some sort of defining come back in the league like history no no it was not 
What do that's you fair. think? Do you think that, that's fair? That? I I wouldn't have, and I get it. The Eric Berry was the first pushback that I've seen by from almost everyone is is what about Eric Berry? And I get that. And there's good and there's gonna be stories down the down the road, and I understand that. I I wouldn't have any problems with it. I probably wouldn't be at the forefront of pushing it. I do think it was historic what what happened because I do think his almost losing his leg. I think a lot of the NFL this season rallied around Alex Smith in a way that we haven't seen. I feel like from a just a league wide situation, and then he carried. I don't want to say carried. He helped a floundering, terrible Washington team to the playoffs. They were what like three and seven, whatever they were before he he, he took over. And I get it. The NFC East was the NFC least. They were they were bad. They were a bad division. Still, he had a good defense to go with him, but they weren't winning before him. You know, that good defense wasn't winning games with whoever else they were. Dwayne Haskins, yeah. I, you know, and I, I do that's a pretty good storyline. And again, of course, he didn't even play in the playoffs. Tyler Heineke took over. But just to me, that, that was a good way for him to go out. And I would have no qualms if they decided to, to, uh, to name it after Alex Smith. Sure, sure. I wouldn't lose sleep over it. I, yeah. But you asked if I would do it. And I would say, no, I, I think no would be my answer. And that's fair. I don't expect you to always agree with me or else this would be a very boring show (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true what is the shenaniganry that you have for us all right so this is uh some dumbassery i would say some dumbassery that i sometimes play on my radio show it's something that i do a lot with if you guys listen to josh briscoe i do this segment with him a lot it's fun i i wanted to lighten things up so you can kind of get to know your hosts on a more light note we talk a lot of chiefs but sometimes you like to have some fun. So this is both chiefs and both whimsical things thrown into one. So first, we'll start with chiefs. Matt Connor, who has more receiving yards next year, D-Rob or McCole Hardman? McCole Hardman, hands down. Okay, I actually are we supposed to explain why? Or are we just like yeah, you don't have to? We can, if you if you feel strong about it, we can. We're not going to talk, but it's about ten, so we're not going to go talk to everyone. McCole, that's it. That's all I need. Okay, well, McCole, would you same. agree? Yes. Yeah. Did the Chiefs draft a tight end in the first four rounds this draft? Unless they want me to die. <laughs> no. I asked that specifically for you. Get out of here with these tight ends. Get out of here, tight ends. That was specifically for you. I say no as well. Would you rather step on 10 feet worth of Legos or hit your shin with a Razor scooter? Razor scooter every day. I've got a seven-year-old. <laughs> Does Joe Tooney get any snaps at left tackle this season? No. Billy Eilish, Billy Joel, Billy Idol, or Billy Squire? You got to pick one Billy. Billy Joel all day long. Come on. Oh, dude. It's easy, Billy Idol or Billy Squire. Like, come on. What? It's got to either Idol or Squire. Billy Idol's hair at least bumps him over Billy Joel. Okay. Billy Idol for, like, I mean, who who else can sing in that, like, Nasty for a wet wedding, right? Like, that's, yeah, that's good, the- like... It's a good, like, who doesn't have fun singing that way? But if you're turning down Uptown Girl and tell her about it for some of these other schlubs, whatever, I'm out. That I did. Hurt. I called him. I'd go, yeah, what? you called yeah. Billy Squire a schlub or a, what, I don't even know what it was. And I am thoroughly heated right now. Uh, worst type of dude, the tryhard softball guy. Yes. Or the Corvette guy. Oh, are, how are they're not different guys? I know. Well, in this scenario, they are. 
he backs into his parking space, gets out with the hat backwards to take the field. He also reclines his seat into me on the airplane. I'm pretty sure too. <laughs> what would you say there? What's the worst? Try hard softball guy's brutal, man. Try hard softball guy's the type of dude that like tries breaking up double plays because he's playing the game right. The type of dude that's going with like eye black on and like metal spikes, Ooh, you know. Yeah, yeah. The tryhard softball guy's pretty. It's pretty brutal, man. It's it's tough. Yeah, you're probably if you are around a tryhard softball guy, you're probably around him a lot longer than you would be the Corvette guy because you're probably just passing the Corvette guy quickly. Yeah, but you can smell pro- Corvette guy. You can smell his cologne from like three miles away. That's that's the only issue. Um, better corner next season: Chavarius Ward or DeAndre Baker. DeAndre Baker. I'm all in on DeAndre Baker. I've already got my back tattoo of DeAndre Baker. Anyone who thinks that these chiefs need another starting outside cornerback are denying the greatness of DeAndre Baker. Wow. Well, we have a lot to get into next episode because that right there is a jumping off point. I'm going with Javarius Ward. Uh, do bears go to the bathroom when they hibernate? Ooh, yes. Cause when I hibernate, I still have to get up two or three times to pee. So I'm assuming they do too. I don't know the answer. I have no idea. I just, if someone listens and tells us the answer, that'd be great. Cause I have no idea. Like if they're sleeping for like four months, like that's gotta be like, you know, Austin powers when he gets unfrozen and he pees for like six minutes, like that's gotta be what a bear is doing. Like, that's the only thing I can imagine. Uh, worst strip club song, build me up buttercup. Or it's not unusual to be loved by anyone. <laughs> uh, Buttercup. Buttercup for sure. Okay. You know, the other one kind of has a, like a a, 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 sh- a swing to it. I don't know. Another of these worst strip club song, The Jack by ACDC, which is talking about getting an STD or Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody. Imagine having the assignment to sing to that song. Not only is it obscenely long, yeah. but then you have all those like various movements to it. To I mean, I don't know. But you could I'm like decent on a pole. I'm decent on a pole, but I don't know how I would be. You know, to that whole like, can you do the fandango? Like you know, at that point, you, I don't know. You could do some like freeform dancing. I feel like that could get the people going. <laughs> The other song is legit. You're saying basically, yeah, I'm I'm giving you a disease. That's what the Jack is by ACDC. That it's a lose lose scenario. I'm with you, but this is why this game is fun. It's stupid. Uh, how do you know you're getting old? Do you have throw pillows, or you drink decaf coffee? I'm assuming decaf coffee because I don't drink it, and I'm trying to stay young. I I have both. I'm I'm I am I am I'm twenty. Almost 27, going on about 80. Like You were born 60. Dude, I was born 60. I got about, thir- like, I don't know. I guess I'm like three or four years left in my life, I guess. Uh, like, You're I like went, Benjamin Button. I went to Dunkin' Donuts today and got a large black coffee in two old-fashioned donuts. Like, <laughs> I was listening to an old-school radio to listen to the Royals games. Like, th- like with the tubes that my grandpa had. That's how I listen to the Royals games. Like I, I'm, I'm old. I'm but you old. could claim you could claim that's like vintage cool. It is. It is pretty vintage cool. I, I didn't even know it worked. That's a whole nother story. Well, listen, we got stories for other days or that loud sigh you make when you're getting out of a chair. You know, when you kind of do that old, the old guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. That thing. 
or, you know, we need some rain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Any, any weather talk, any weather talk. I think if you're talking about weather, because part of your body aches when you do get up like, Oh, my knees are hurting. That means it's going to storm. That's one. Yeah. And finally, do the chiefs, their over under is at 12. Are you taking the over? Over. Over. Who's not taking the over? That seems silly, right? The over-unders at 12, that seems... Mahomes has uh, Mahomes has won 12 games. Every year as a starter. They're adding another one. We play a few cupcakes next year, and the AFC West does not worry me at all. I just think that's silly to even say they're going to lose less than 12. Like, is Vegas thinking that I'm starting at left tackle next season? Because I have no idea how they don't win at least 13 games. Uh, dude, you know what? This was fun, though. I really enjoyed this. We'll have to do some more this or that. If you guys liked this or that, please let us know. Find us on Twitter. Matt Connor AA. HomestretchKC is myself because I would like to hear your guys' thoughts. Feel free to drop us a review. Arrowhead Addict Podcast on... I use Apple Podcasts. That's what I use. I think wherever we're now. Matt, you know more than me. Yeah, he, he sounds sh- good. He shook his head, and so he said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. So... If you guys want to leave us a review, that'd be fantastic. But until hopefully next week, this is the Arrowhead Addict Podcast. I am Sterling Holmes. That is Matt Connor. We are out of here.